Welcome to The Arts Respond, a Create Contribute Change production. I'm Anna MacDonald. Today we are speaking to Croydon-based multidisciplinary artist and entrepreneur Pins. I've worked with Pins on several occasions and he is an artist who is not only continually creative but also continually gives back to his community. But no more spoilers, let's get into it. Today we are delighted to have multidisciplinary British artist Pins on the podcast. Now you have an insatiable desire to connect and engage through your work. Um, so welcome to the Create Contribute Change podcast. Welcome Pins. Thank you. Hello Anna. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, it's raining miserably but when in London. Do you know I'm yeah. just back from Scotland so. Oh wow. Um, How was that? It was gorgeous. The weather was gorgeous, actually. And then we got back to here and it's all thunderstorms and wild weather. It's normally the other way around. Oh, wow. I literally met someone yesterday um, in the San Marino Cafe in Brixton. And um, he's from, um, he recommended a guest house in Dundee. Oh, I studied in Dundee, you know. Oh, random. Mate, listen, I'm going to go in September now because that's a sign. Because I, I just you realised you're Scottish too. And, and it's like, oh my gosh. And you would oh. love it. There's so much art in Dundee as well. You know, that's where the um, DNA satellite um, oh. is. And they've got the fabric school, the, the Duncan and Georgeson Art School. Lots going on up there. Oh, wow. I'm going to go for a, uh, about four nights, he said. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that in September. So I'm going to It's called the Abelary Ab- Ab- Guest House. Abelary, Ab- <laughs> Ab- I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> But yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, you should. I, I mean, I can, I can never recommend it enough. Dundee's a really great time. Okay, I'm going to check it out and I'll let you know how that goes. So, Phil cards on the table. We know each other. Yeah. We've met a lot at Croydon. We met through the Croydon Cultural Network, which is mm-hmm. a brilliant um, organisation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I knew a bit about what you did locally in Croydon. I've obviously seen your work in the library. I've taken some of the Play for Progress kids to see it. Um, you've met some of them. Yeah. But it was only when I was doing my research I learned all about your background in business and fashion, all yeah. the people that you've worked with. Usher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was many moons ago. That was during the MySpace days. You know MySpace? Do you remember MySpace? I remember MySpace. Oh, yes, yes, I do. That, <laughs> um, some that, people might say that was a better time. That, that was a very, yeah, because that was quite, um, it was not as toxic, I found. Well, it's different levels of toxicity. Toxicity, (laughs) (laughs) but basically, I think it was a bit more um, less toxic as it is now um, online. Um, It's interesting how we as humans tend to use these things. We tend to try and perfect using them as well as we can for communication and publicizing and like relatively good purposes. But also, manage to master the the troll, the art of the troll. The art of the troll. I mean, they exist. I mean, what a sad life. I mean, you know. I hope they find them um, solace in some sort of, uh, you know, creative passion of some sort. I mean, I guess their passion is to troll. I mean, you know, geez, it's I mean. Horrendous that they have to do that kind of harm to other people. Um, yeah. to get oh, well. oh, well. But uh, one of the things I was really interested about, so a lot of your work is very humorous and really fun. Um, and it says on your website, 
mm-hmm. uh, that you like to explore the notions of mass consumerism um, and the status of image with humour. And it got me thinking a lot about um, your curiosity and and yeah. how that must inspire your creativity. So like, what is the basis of that? Where did that all come from? I, I think I've always had um, an innate, um, cur- um, just, just a curious nature. I mean, you know, just walking down the street and I'm just getting excited by things I see. And I, I've always had that. And even, um, you know, back in the days, I used to just speak to everyone. And I realized not everyone can do what I'm doing. As in, there's so many people to speak to. And I've always found when I walk the street, you know, walk down the street, I just want to kind of acknowledge people. And I don't know what that is, but I think it's just having a this curiosity about people, about the environment I'm in. And I've realized not everyone's like that. So then I thought, okay, is that my thing? So am I meant to just connect? And I don't know. I I could never explain it. I've just always just had this urge to connect and stay curious. I mean, that's certainly how we met because we, yeah. we came yeah. over and started chatting to me at the meeting and that for me being from Scotland we talked to everyone oh yeah oh yeah and I've had to learn to rein that in a little bit in London uh, <laughs> yeah but that's why I can't wait to go to Scotland because I feel like we're just gonna have a ball I mean just speaking to everyone I mean it's just great you know but I don't know I just feel like more people should have this thing but I don't know it's a, I guess everyone's got a different foundation and a base level frame of thought and and I think it comes a lot from what your parents kind of you know even if some people you know some people haven't got their you know their parents or they've got a single parent life or everyone's got a different situation so I think the shaping of your environment when you're growing up I think it kind of really creates a foundation of which you you kind of frame your thinking going forward. So that's really interesting because my next question was around how the art form has defined you and how you see yourself. But that almost sounds very much like you knew who you were and the art came from that. Yeah, it came as, I guess, an offshoot of of who I was as a human being. And then I kind of just amplified it through art. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the humour, and because although although it, is humorous and although it is perhaps at first glance very accessible you do you deal with quite big issues through through your art yeah I I try I I, yeah I guess I'm on that fine line between being too political and then being too funny or being I don't know I just think I think why okay so this is I guess you can sum it up by um being serious but kind of funny but then being kind of funny but kind of serious and it's it's like it's a it's a it's just bang in the middle of that i guess i'm not i'm not trying to be too serious i'm not trying to be too funny um it's just basically getting the message out there but understanding that i am very aware of the political kind of um you know atmosphere that's going on at the moment and and has been going on for many many years and it's just sort of like actually i want to live my life without any headache as much as i can so I will use my my being and my art to kind of project a very positive vibration because that, we need this, you know. Absolutely. And in fact, you could argue that that's a way to make your message much more accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The social impact of your work, because as I said earlier, we met um, the Croydon Cultural Network, so you're always involved on a local level. You do projects for the um, Croydon Library, the museum, the clock tower space quite often. Mm-hmm. 
and also a little bit of educational work around that as well. Is that something that you, that has um, come about organically? Is that something you sought out? How did that all happen? I, th- I think it's, I think when I look back at the, the whole journey, because sometimes you have to look back, and yeah, I've realised most of it is organic. I mean, I've just kind of had a feeling, um, and I've just kind of um, I pursued the urge, um, an urge within me. So I've always just acted on the urge to do something. So I never. I don't really plan a lot, although I used to. I used to have all these goals and stuff. And then I realized when I could leave my house, that's when life starts in a way. So I need to be out. So I need to be connecting. I need to be, you know, then you meet one person and something happens and then you meet another person and then something happens from that. So I need to be out. I need to be connecting. So it's all happened organically, actually. So um, I've never really planned it much. And that's a really interesting juxtaposition there between the plans and the goals and the being formal, which is kind of, for me anyway, that is what you learn from a university slash school <laughs> education, which I think is important. Like, yeah, of course. To make sure that as an artist, you're making enough money to feed yourself. You need to have some of that savvy. But yeah, of course. Right. It's of about course. the balance, isn't it? Of course, of course it is. But then, you know, I've got my degree, but then I came out and I couldn't get a job for six months. I, you know, I couldn't get a job for six months in fashion. And, and, and I thought, this is a bit crazy. So, you know, um, so what do I do? And the urge was to paint. I had this urge to paint. And I just um, painted on, on, on clothing, on, on mostly clothing at that point. And I started selling it from, from independent boutiques. And, and it just kind of unleashed this entre- entrepreneurial kind of spirit, which I, don't, I never knew about during my time, you know, growing up. Which, I, I, yeah. Sorry. That's all right. I, I was just going to say about that. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it, that we think about entrepreneurship and business as very separate from the creative. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually. You, to, be entrep- to be entrepreneurial, you have to be creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, it's a total creative um, force. I mean... You know, to be, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, it kind of um, it kind of nurtures you in this random process of um, thinking because you're kind of taking on board so many different roles. But I think I think everyone should become an entrepreneur in, in the sense of um, you learn, you get so much from it because it allows you to be not just a specialist, but more of a generalist. And I, and I believe now in this day and age, we need to be more more of a generalist in term. That just means basically having your core, you know, passion and your specialist area, which, you know, you excel at, but at the same time, understanding the generalist term of, of working where you need to know a little about a lot. Yes. It's good to know a little about a lot because then you kind of, you kind of just, you're, you, you don't rely on many people that way, but at the same time, you know how to utilize your networks, but you kind of, you become a bit more self-reliant as well which i think i've always kind of struck strove for this whole self resilient self-reliancy if that's a word yeah i I totally understand and i I think one of the other things that i found about moving to an entrepreneurial um, lifestyle is that you meet people from everywhere and you meet such a vast variety of people um, that's a really that's such a like a happy a rich learning experience that you meet people you wouldn't otherwise have met in your normal social circles or networks yeah of course because as we're, as we're i guess um 
you know, when we're going through the school system and we're going through college and, you know, most of our thinking is actually other people's thinking. And, and un unless you have parents or people around you, which are very, they're, 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 they're kind of advocating a very independent thought process, which, which I think a lot more people are doing now. I think a lot more people are thinking for themselves, but up until from the school to the college to the uni, your, your, your thoughts are being shaped by other people around you most of the time. So what we need to go back to is kind of from the core, you know, when we're children, we need to have people around us to say, you can do anything you want. You can actually work for yourself and this is how you do it. This is, this is not how you do it, but these are the seeds. Um, and I think entrepreneurship sh should be actually um, taught very early. As, you a know? Of, as a way of, yeah, as a way of learning something that's vital in schools. Yeah, but I, obviously schools are schools. I mean, there only is there's only going to be. A, I mean, a lot more schools. I think they are they are planting the seeds in that kind of entrepreneurship kind of thinking, but they're, they're few and far between. I think as parents, you know, if you've got kids, I think it's your duty if you're going to have a kid in this day and age to really, you know, understand why are you having a kid and what is the reason for that. And if you are going to have a kid, make sure you are giving those kind of seeds early because the world is a bit mad and, and we need to make sure if we're going to produce, you know, anyway, I don't want to get too far into certain, certain areas, but I think it's a responsibility. Um, for all of us, not just parents, but I think uh, it takes the village, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's—I mean—it sounds like you came out of um, your university degree looking for a job, didn't find one, and made your own job. Yeah, we just—we just created a job. I mean, yeah. So I mean, yeah, because that's the urge. I mean, once again, going back to the urge, whatever urge you have in the moment you're in is normally—you know—you might not like someone, you feel like you just want to, you know. You want to swear at them and say, oh, my God, you're such a that that's a different kind of urge. That, that That's still an urge. But I would say the urge to, um, you know, what what do you really feel to do? You need to really connect with yourself from an inner self perspective and really pursue that. And I, th I don't think a lot of people do that until I don't know, until something happens, i.e. you lose your job, i.e. you know, lockdown happens and then we have time to think. Because um, I don't think often people have time to, they don't give themselves enough time to actually just think about what they want. I wonder if lockdown will have uh, affected that. Yeah, I think it has. I think a, there's a silver lining. Yeah, I think there's a bag of people, you know, doing things which they never even planned to do. I mean, when you think about it, this, is, this time is very interesting because you've got people who plan everything. Then you've got people who really don't plan and people that just kind of like drift into whatever happens right but for the planners i think this is a kind of a quite a, a stressful time because you can't really you can plan but then you can't really you need to kind of adapt absolutely be willing to adapt um so i was reading as well that you recently contributed to the Na national archives project yeah yeah so um so what happened was um, I got approached by one of the archi archivists and um, they Refugee Week was coming up. And um, so they just, uh, they just commissioned me to do three illustrations um, to do with a partition in 1948 mm -hmm. and to respond to some of the stories from that time. And um, 
and some extra news extracts which were pulled out and just respond in a creative way illustrations and that's what i've done i imagine that was emotional on a really oh, different level many levels because my family was part of the partition um you know um, back in 1948 my mom was telling me so many stories about that so you know imagine you know a, a very thriving place you know india just you know as it was and then it just gets it just gets split into two you know and then it's like well okay that's that's a bit crazy and the massacre i mean the killings and you know it's just from one person in this in this whole empire thing you know just draws a line on the map and and says we want to divide this and you know that just that feeling of like someone wanting to do that that's crazy so yeah it was a very um interesting you know i think for me it was quite emotional in terms of just reading the stories and the stuff people went through yeah of course. and comparing that to kind of you know 21st century you know basically stuff going on now and comparing it to that like lockdown oh my god it's a crazy thing but really yeah it's nothing i mean it's not a big thing i mean yes it's gonna divide people in a certain way but the partition and things like of that nature you know um it was breaking families apart i mean you know people were dying because of of people's greed of these people's you know the higher powers that be the greed it's all greed you know and there's something as well around the conversation that has been happening globally recently about what we teach again going back to schools what we teach yeah yeah oh of course i mean i think um you know stuff like you know really reshaping what we're what, what we've been taught in a way like not reshaping i mean retelling the actual stories which don't get told um which affects everyone not just people of from an asian background from a black background it, it actually affects everyone and i think you could be white black brown whatever but i think it's important to 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 retell the actual truth of what happened as opposed to some of the stuff we've been, you know, Henry VIII had four, eight wives. I mean, geez, I mean, who cares? You know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more history to be told, which doesn't get told in schools. And I think things are, things are getting, things are getting risen to the surface now in terms of that, just by the, you know, current climate in terms of, you know, with things going on, so. Yeah, I think just now it's going to be about keeping the pressure on for that as we, yeah. oh, currently course. it feels like we're lurching from one horrendous crisis to another. Yeah, I know, I know. Remembering I know. the lessons that we've, we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of which, it's 2020, we are in the middle of a global pandemic mm-hmm. and it is time, like we've just said, a lot of people are, are pausing, they're taking the time to consider um, and thinking about the arts as a sector, as a community, mm-hmm. and with with the thought that we would like that to have greater impact, it should have wider access. There should be more diversity and more equality. Yeah. What would you keep, and what would you change? What would I keep? What would I keep? Um, what's valuable? What's working currently? I mean, what's working? What's working? Isn't that interesting? Normally I'd think I'd, I'd come out straight with an answer. I mean, what's, okay, I'm thinking about myself. Why do I go to certain institutions? Why do I go to certain spaces? I go more for the people, if I'm honest with you. I go for the art, but when, when you break it down, I mean, you know, the art's great, but then it's the su- stuff surrounding the art 
the elitist nature often, you know, the intellectual, um, such a there's this kind of intellectual barrier often around certain institutions and how they kind of, um, um, you know, project certain works and certain, you know, ways of being. And, and I think, I, I, okay, what I, what, what's working? I don't know what's working. I'm not too sure about what's working. Would you think something like, so for me, for example, something mm. again, like the Croydon Cultural Network really works for me. Oh, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. The reason it works is because there's two hours, we know what we're getting, people are given a chance to speak, it's run really quite tightly to time, so there's no time wasted. Um, so something like that works for me in that you meet people and then you find out about all the artistic projects. Right, and, I'm with and you. also open to grants from for everyone. So there doesn't feel, it's things that maybe like exactly what you just said, that maybe take away the elitist nature. Yeah, I think, I think when you mentioned Croydon Cultural Network, stuff like that's working, right? So, I, sorry, I was more focusing on the um, institutions. Which, All of these things, the, the, the question is right. just for that reason, so that they right. can at different levels and have wider oh. discussions. Oh, I'm with you. Right, so I would agree with you on the, um, yeah, stuff like Croydon Cultural Network, um, things which are kind of, I mean, they're kind of like semi-outreach in a way. I mean, they're kind of outreaching to everyone yeah. who's creative and connecting people, right? So I think um, what I think I, what I think some institutions can do a lot more is you know doing more outreach stuff and connect you know diversifying their um, their demographics because you know things like the v, you know places like the VNA and all that stuff you know their mission statements are kind of to attract the widest demographic possible. Right. You read some of these mission statements and and actually from being an avid you know user of their spaces and and you know going to that space for X amount of years. I have yet to see um, any change, really. Yeah. Um, any, any, you know, concrete changes. And and I'm very curious. You already know I'm very curious. And I'm, I'm almost. It almost you almost become like the diversity police. I mean, geez. I mean, I'm not trying to say you have to do this many numbers of this many people. And I'm I'm always just clocking. Okay, what are they doing? And uh, is it is it of any 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 good to people? You know, and is is the accessibility accessible? You know, well, I think that that's, there's two really interesting things there. I think that you're completely right. We've got all these mission statements. But what's happening? How are yeah, you? But what's going on? Yeah. yeah, and then how do you make it then more accessible? Because a lot of these organisations might turn around and say, well, you know, actually it's quite hard to find, or actually, I know, you know, and. I hear that, but I also think if this is what you're committed to doing, yeah, I know exactly. Then what are you do? Change your mission statement. Because, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you if you just want to cater for the elite for the elite few, I'm not trying to say the elite few few, but the few whatever the membership people and and the tourists who are getting bumped every you know. I mean the ticket prices are going crazy. Basically, these institutions are becoming more businesses. They are, they've always been, they have to make money to run, right? I get it. But actually there's a whole batch of people in society who are not getting the access. They're not, there's no access, there's no need for them to go to these spaces. What, they're not serving them. So what we need, what I've realized, we just need new spaces. So when you were saying that there, I was thinking, okay, so what would get a low income family into the, like, going into the centre of London, like what would motivate them? Would it be like a class trip with their kids? Would it be their kids having something hanging there? So 
do we need or or do we need more sort of um we started off this conversation talking about the V&A up in Dundee oh yeah oh yeah do we need more spaces like that to make it more I, I feel like the V&A in Dundee is a bit more um open though right yeah I yeah. don't know what it is there's a feeling I get because I know someone who's um an ambassador for for V&A Dundee um she she she's done some extensive work with them on the diversity front so yeah. maybe it is just a thing where you know, I mean, if institutions really from the core want to change, then we need to see that more through the engagement with, you know, fellow creatives who, um, who, who want to help make that change with them. So, so maybe, you know, um, connect, connect these, these, these spaces need to connect more with um, creative collabor collaboration, collaborators yeah. uh, to help make that change. But but once again, I've got this my I've just got this feeling where these spaces are what they are, and um, they don't really want to change, but they want to tick a couple of boxes. So do you? So, think, so do you uh, think then that? Um, and this is a this is a slightly different angling of what you just said. So feel free to shoot no, no, this guy. Do you feel like what we need is more sort of satellite organisations, like satellite versions of the bigger elite organisations? But that we also do need the bigger elite organisations to keep excellence. Now, I've projected a little bit there out of what you said, so feel free to. What, what's, a, what's a satellite organisation? What's that? What's Sorry, satellite? I mean, it's exactly what the VA has done. So they've taken um, the VA up to Scotland, they've put it in not one of the major cities, but one of the, oh. one of the art cities, and they've given it to, um, as they would have had to, to locals to manage. So by putting it in a smaller place with a, a community and the interface between the organization and the community is it's one person that knows the area so that they can access it or make it more accessible um, through their understanding of the, lo the local area and the local people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's working, you know, carry on. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I, when, I, when I think back to like, you know, when I first, you know, came to the VNA or the Tate, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. But then, then I go back to my area, and then it's like, okay, wow, it just seemed out of reach, right? But then I think it definitely does wonders for someone. You know, when they when they're from a certain area and they go to, you know, even just making a trip to Oxford Circus and they've never been, it kind of widens your your uh, horizon. Yeah, and I, I think it's just. I think, look, I think, you know, you meet a lot of people in these spaces and they, they mean well, but then it's often the action. Like, what is the action? And do you really care enough? You know, and I'm always, when I work with people now, if you don't care enough, we can't, we, it, it won't work. So I need, I say, if, if we're going to work together, you need to care enough for whatever the mission it is we're trying to complete. So, because, you know, I mean, the results are greater. The results are more pure and, you know, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an ongoing thing where I think people, you, can, you can try all you want, which is great. But I think, um, what are you actually doing? Like, do you actually care enough to do it? So this feels like, I'm just, I'm just going to uh, try and create a solution from what we've just said. This sounds like what we're saying is elite organisations are important because they keep excellence and they're inspiring and they're horizon widening but maybe more local, smaller organisations with less red tape and more accessibility. Because if, if locals have access to that, then younger 
um, mm. members of the community have access to it and can be inspired and then can perhaps grow up to contribute to the bigger organizations but we maybe uh, need to remove the elitism yeah yeah i mean ultimately the i mean look you got the you got the outfits like arts council right yeah so um they provided me some funding during the emergency covid um fund right yeah. so i won that i've got i've got i got some um funding from that right but i'm using most of that to actually um do more outreach projects in in the area so um so i'm using a, yeah so i'm using a chunk of that to actually say look there's a whole batch of young people who are not they don't feel like they have access to certain certain spaces and places so um why not kind of build artistic confidence within them through through some other ways so that's what i'm more, that's why i think these bodies and these institutions can on on a funding perspective they can work but then we need people like myself and other artists who are kind of will actively willing to to make a change they just use that funding to not only get paid themselves but then they kind of actually make a better contribution to society as a whole in the arts you know i think that's the way forward we just what, yeah sorry go on. what i'm taking from this is remove elitism encourage inclusion and keep the excellence yeah 100% promote excellence at all times because that kind of enhances you um and and society as a whole you know it's the whole um i don't know it's just even just cleaning your room will enhance your excellence because you, you know it's the aesthetic it's the aesthetic this not it's just it's not aesthetic it's a way of thinking you know it's 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 thinking excellence so you're become you you're doing excellence you need to think it before you become it so um so we need to promote more thinking excellent thinking <laughs> yeah it's so interesting isn't it? it how a lot of this is small things that can that can happen anywhere and then can lead to these things that lead to the sort of bigger institutions and the excellence and the inspiration but it's giving people the chance it's leveling the playing field as much as possible of course and it's saying look there's a door open here just let, let's just go through or if it's not open let's just Let's just break it down yeah, at the same times, you know, understanding that, you know, that there's ways of opening doors. Right. You know, and, and, so. and how you need, sometimes you just need somebody who's been there before you to be like, look, this is what you do. Or, Yeah, of course, we all need that. I mean, you know, yeah. everyone needs a bit of a, bit of a, you know, push sometimes or a little guidance, which is always great. Well, I feel like we've solved that problem, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all gonna it's all gonna kick off now. That's it. That that'll be how they solve it. They'll, they'll use this podcast forevermore. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to do a quick fire round of questions just to finish off. Yeah, go on. You ready? Yeah. What's your favourite art form or medium? Art, uh, a medium or yeah. Form? So is it visual? Is it um, clothes? Is it Oh, just, just, I think, I think just, um, just, yeah, visual, visual art. Amazing. So you, you make those incredible stress donuts. Are there any left and how many times a day do you use them? Right. So I've got to the point where I don't need one now. Woohoo! So I've achieved um, a certain level of stress-freeness, um, but I've still, I've got a couple left, yes. And they're available on my, on my website. Which is pinspire.com yeah pinspire.com so that's inspired with a p pinspire which will of course be in the show notes thank you 
And so one change, we're in a really interesting moment in history with COVID and with the government's responses supporting the arts, with the amount the arts have done to support the general community during this time. What's the one change that you would implement that would help save the arts, that would help support the arts coming out of the COVID pandemic? Small question. Mm, what would I do to change the arts? I mean, what out of basic, okay. Um, I think just making more people realise how valuable the arts is, because actually a lot more people, just average day people, you know, normal people, even if they're not artists, have used art as a means of coping through this time. So they've, art is a valuable medium to get through things. So I think just keep, I think if we just keep promoting that, which I think a, a lot of, um, you know, public bodies and, and um, individual organizations have kind of been pushing this whole art you know using art as a means of getting through stuff so I don't know I don't know how, if that answers it but it's, it's it's kind of a valuable tool to get through that's been great thanks so much Pins for joining us thank you Anna thank you amazing thank you so much it was brilliant to talk to Pins. He's such an interesting and multifaceted artist and human. If you'd like to find out more about him, then do check out his website, pinspired.com, and that's inspired with a P before it, pinspired.com, and give him a follow on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to The Arts Respond, a Create Contribute Change production. Do check out our other episodes and let me know who else I should be speaking to. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. For my is like a